0: Welcome to another episode of Chan with a Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. If you are a professional that is looking to take your career to the next level and need some advice to get there, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside that group, I post daily content providing you with job search tips and career advice to get your career headed in the right direction. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. Many professionals right now are looking for another opportunity and sometimes it's not even in the same field as they want to try something different. However, they don't think that they could get to the next level with the experience that they have because they don't have what people would call traditional experience. So for example, if you are in marketing and want to get into product management, or you are in the automotive industry and want to get to and want to get into tech, but you don't have that traditional experience to get you there, it all comes down to mindset. There are always multiple paths to get to where you want to go, and it doesn't always have to be the traditional path that you need to take. With that being said, my next guest on Chan with a plan has an interesting story as it has taken on many detours to get to where she is today. She started her career path as a high school dropout, and many people will make the assumption that once you drop out of high school, it's very hard to build a career that you're proud of. However, that's not the case with my guest for this episode. In fact, not only is she currently the founder of a premium ad-free recipe platform, Called Reciple. She also has a bachelor's and master's degree. And before starting her company, she was a marketing director in corporate. Her name is Annie Singer. And this is her story on how she took the non-traditional path to achieve success and career fulfillment. Hey, Annie, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
0: How's your week so far?
1: It's been going good. It's been kind of a chaotic couple of weeks, just so much to get done.
0: That's awesome. We chatted offline and you have a very interesting story in regards to how you never finished formal high school, so to speak, but you were able to complete two degrees and start your own business, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I ended up quitting high school at 16, basically, and took the route of, eventually going to community college and then going to university, getting my bachelor's degree. And I actually went on to get my master's degree too.
0: Okay. So let's start from the beginning. What made you want to like quit high school at 16? Why not finish the two years and get the diploma?
1: Yeah, I was kind of a miserable teenager in general. And I think, you know, a lot of it for me was mental health struggles. And I was, you know, depressed and felt very, very restless in school. And so, you know, I think I just had a different learning style than what they teach at high school because you're really, you know, only getting one mode of teaching in high school. And that didn't work for me. And so I constantly felt very, very restless and it was just uncomfortable for me. And I made the decision actually to purposefully leave high school by taking the Chespi California High School Proficiency Exam, which is similar to the GED, but I think the GED you have to wait until you're 18 years old to take it, and the Chespi you can take it as early as 15. So I took the test when I was 15 years old as a sophomore, and then you know got the results back right when I turned 16, and you know at that point with parental permission you're allowed to leave school and not you know not not finish up high school because you have essentially the equivalence to it
0: so speaking of parental permission how did you get your parents to buy into um you're you're allowed to like quit school as long as you pass this test
1: so that's actually an interesting question because i don't think my dad fully knew that he picked me up from the exam right you have to you know, find a test center. So I found a test center. I went and took the exam and he was my ride home. And then like four months later, he was like, what? You took this test. When did you take this test? So I I don't know what they did on their end. I don't think they had to like unenroll me. they, They must have had to unenroll me in school or like not enroll me in the next year of high school. My mom has always been on my team and she knew I was very unhappy. And I did have a plan after that. You know, I was already working part time and I wanted to go to community college. You know, a lot of people don't drop out of high school under those circumstances. I had a plan to exit. I wanted to go to college instead of high school. But I think, you know, hopefully in my journey, people can understand that there are more options. We we think there aren't any options if you've dropped out of high school. I come from a very privileged background and I know that's, you know, not everyone is in the same position I'm in, but I want to, you know, open people's eyes to the options that maybe they do have that they didn't know about because, you know, we say you drop out of high school. Your only option is to take the GED if you want, you know, to have a high school certificate. We don't talk about other options.
0: And speaking of that, you, you said you already had a plan, right? So you're going to, you're going to get the, it's called Chespi, right? Is that what you said? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, the Chespi.
0: So you finish the Chesapeake test and then you go straight to community college?
1: Yep. And so the great thing about community college is they're open. Like they want people in their school. They want you to go to college. And so, you know, if you're under the age of 18, you have to have parental consent to go to college. Most community colleges do not require you to have a high school diploma or a GED. So a lot of people think, you know, I dropped out of high school, there's no way I can go to college or, you know, maybe I have to work towards my GED and then I can think about going to college. Most local community colleges don't require you to have a GED. You only have to be over the age of 18 or have your diploma or equivalence.
0: That's interesting because people think that if you drop out of high school and you want to get into college or university, you need to have a high school diploma, but you're saying that you don't actually have to do that. There are other options out there.
1: Yeah, in most cases, and it does vary a little bit, I think, state to state. And I just googled it because I I did that in California. In California, you only have to be 18, you know, or have your diploma. Idaho is the same. I went to a community college in Idaho, too. And I just googled it because I was, you know, it, it is state to state. And, you know, Google, wise Google says that in most places, you know, you don't have to have your high school diploma or GED. So there may be states where that that isn't true. But I think broadly, in most cases, you can go to community college, even if you don't have your GED or your diploma.
0: So what are some admission requirements, if you don't have the diploma, if you just have like you, uh, the Chespy test marks?
1: Yeah. So community colleges, again, they want you there. Pretty much anyone can get into community college. I know that even undocumented people can often get into community college without problems that way. And so typically, you know, you apply and they say, yes, you don't have to have certain grades. You know, it it doesn't really matter. They want you there. And then community colleges typically have a test process where, especially for English and math, You're going to have to go in and take a placement test. And that's where, you know, if you didn't finish high school, if you, you know, didn't make it very far in, you know, K through 12, you might struggle with that. But they then place you in the math class that makes the most sense at your skill level. And they place you in the English classes that make the most sense at your skill level. A lot of public libraries and community college libraries also have resources in terms of getting you up to speed with math and with English, you know, if that's not your strong suit, you can usually find free like English as a foreign language classes from your public library, you can find, you know, GED classes to help you accelerate your learning for math and for language. So really, you know, it's, it's going to be harder to get rejected from a community college than it is to be accepted. And then... From their universities, so in California, you know, you're looking at CSUs and you know, University of California schools that are, you know, high tier, competitive, harder to get into. But again, if you make it through community college, typically it's about two years and you take the transfer requirements. So you're taking all of the classes that are going to transfer you as a junior in college at a university, they're not going to look as far back as your high school transcripts. So again, if you want to go to UC Berkeley or, you know, UC San Diego or, you know, the state equivalent in other places, but you're thinking, you know, you have to get good grades in school to go to a good university. But if you go to community college and you succeed, you know, you get good grades in community college, they're not gonna ask you for your high school transcripts.
0: In a way it's like a second chance if you did bad in high school, you can go to community college route, bring up your marks and then going to those universities
1: that you want. Yeah, are. and they're not even going to ask you if you have a high school diploma. Like it, once once you get to community college, really people stop asking, you know, I need to see your high school. No one, no one wants to see your high school diploma at that point because you've already gone to college. So it does sort of clear the slate. And instead of looking at high school, instead of looking at your diploma, instead of looking at your transcripts, they're now going to be looking for your, you know, community college transcripts instead.
0: So why was the environment... In high school, wasn't good, but then the community college setting was better for you.
1: Part of it was just that it was more advanced. And I think I am a fast and impatient learner and, you know, in, in school, they teach to the slower learners of the class because otherwise they will fall behind. It's not taught for the, you know, the fastest person in the class. And just in general, I'm, I'm an impatient and fast paced person. I did still struggle with all of the same things in college, too. But to a lesser extent, initially, then when I transferred to a university, actually, I had the same thing. And I actually dropped out of university, too, before, you know, I took a two-year break, and then I went back and finished. But when I initially transferred to a university, I transferred to Boise State University. And I was living about half an hour outside of Boise, So I would drive half an hour to go to my class and I would sit in my car and cry and then drive home. And I never made it into class. I just, I struggled a lot. So I had to work through things of my own. I used the counseling resources at Boise State. And eventually, you know, I came to a time in my life where I was motivated to go back to school again. And I was at a place emotionally where I could be successful.
0: How long was community college for?
1: So I went to community college twice because I sort of had to take a step back. So initially I went for about two years and I was actually accepted into UC Santa Barbara, but I could not afford to live in Santa Barbara. I was supporting myself at that time. And so instead I was accepted into Boise State University and you know went there for one semester and dropped out. And then, you know, I took two years off and coming back, it made sense for me actually to go back to community college for, I think it was two or three semesters, because there were just a couple of requirements that Boise State required. And community college is, you know, usually like one-tenth of the cost of going to a four-year university. And I was, you know, again, I was supporting myself, I (laughs) was, you know, making $11 an hour or something like that. And I can't afford, you know, $7,500 a term tuition at that point in my life. So again, I went to community college, fulfilled every single requirement that I could at a community college. And then I finished my bachelor's degree in just two terms, like one, one school year, because I had gotten, you know, 85% of what I needed to get done, I had done at a community college for a significantly lower price.
0: So you had two tries at community college. So you went once, you took a two-year break. And then what did you do during that two-year break besides working, obviously?
1: And I actually, I started my career in that point. And it was kind of, you know, I did a lot of jobs that were very difficult, that sucked, you know, customer service, these jobs that, you know, don't get a lot of respect, but that are very, very hard and so I, I worked at a call center at one point, and it was actually, you know I worked for, for CenturyLink in their call center, and I was so depressed in that job that I quit. You know, I just said, you know, I'm not showing up today or ever by, in a, in a politer way, a m- more professional way, but that was the sentiment, and I went into crisis counseling just because it was so, you know, difficult working in a call center, and so I just did a hard quit and you know, looking for my next job is where I stepped into my career. So I was really fortunate in that way and I actually found the job on Craigslist and it was just, you know, entry level. You have to be able to, you know, read and write and, you know, not a lot of requirements. It paid I think $10 an hour, but it was an entry level marketing job. And so that's where I took my first step into the career that eventually evolved into launching my own company was just an entry-level job posting on Craigslist.
0: Oh my god! so you took community college, you took a break, and during this time, you worked menial jobs you didn't like, again, like the call center, and then you were able to find the job that would basically get you the entryway into your career path in marketing. Then you went back to community college to finish, and then you transferred to university. You completed your degree in three semesters, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty quick finish up. I I had stepped, you know, into the field of marketing and I I, I am the type that I'm always working multiple jobs. And that's kind of always been been true for me, partly because, you know, lower level jobs do not pay enough to survive. We all know that struggle. But just because I like to fill my time and I like to feel forward momentum. And so I you know, worked two jobs through finishing college. At one point, you know, I was working two different jobs, and I was taking 17 college credits in a shortened six-week summer term. And that's a lot, you know, uh, 17 credits is a lot in college, no matter what. But when it's a six-week term, you know, that's normally spread over 12 weeks. And they're condensing 12 weeks into six weeks. And at the same time, I was working two jobs. And so, you know those 2 years you know going back to community college finishing university they were rough i was going nonstop i was working and then doing school and then you know going back to work and then doing homework so it was rough but you know i made it through and i you know graduated and graduating it it, it does open doors and at that point i had already started establishing myself in my career but in marketing you know my my degree wasn't in marketing but they want to see that you have a bachelor's degree for a lot of jobs that do pay better.
0: I've worked with professionals that uh, didn't that they don't have a bachelor's, but they've built up a good career. Do you think that the fact that they don't have a bachelor's is hindering their potential for advancement at larger companies, or do you think there is another way?
1: You know, I think and hope that as time progresses, I think people are becoming more open-minded to alternative paths. And I see this a lot in like digital entrepreneurship, especially, and in the freelance world in marketing, um, because I'm sort of in in that marketing space and have insight into the marketing space. But there are, you know, people who graduate from high school and the next year start their own business as like a virtual assistant or as a social media manager. And traditionally, if you go to big corporate, if you go to you know, Facebook, or you go to just big companies, they're going to require you to have at least a bachelor's degree. But people are setting their own paths, essentially by starting their own businesses as a freelancer, or, you know, their own contract work to companies. And when you're hiring a contractor, a lot of the time people, you know, aren't necessarily looking for the same like educational history, they just want to see past examples of work you've done so that they know you can get the job done.
0: And did you get your master's right away after you graduated? Or did you take some time off and then you took your master's?
1: I did my master's very soon after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, actually. And it was sort of in my last term at actual university that I, you know, decided that I wanted a master's. And it wasn't so much because I thought I needed a degree or I thought it would advance my career. And, you know, a lot of people told me, especially people my mentors in the businesses I was working in, they were like, you don't need a master's degree, like it's not gonna, you know, probably be worth the cost. But I was interested in the topic. And I ended up getting my master's degree in marketing research, which is very niche and very specific. I can say that in that master's program, I learned that I Definitely don't want to be a marketing research professional, but at the same time, I do think it added value to my career and it added value to my resume because that degree, and it's like a, a, top, a top 15 nationwide master's program in marketing, and it's the number one program in the US for a master's in marketing research, which again, it's very, very niche. There aren't a lot of programs. But that is impressive on my resume. And I think that helped me get to like a six-figure job. They did look at that and weigh it more heavily.
0: Got it. So you're saying that throughout your educational advancement, you saw a direct correlation of like the higher the degree I got, the more money I made and the better my career was over the long term?
1: I think it made it easier to achieve those things. Yes, because I think it's possible to do without. And I have seen examples. You know, I have friends who are, you know, six figure software engineers and they don't have a college degree, that type of thing. I definitely think it's possible. I think for me personally, it you know, it helped open those doors. And, you know, when I got that interview to be able to say, you know, I got my master's degree from a top tier university, that that impresses people. And, you know, people do give you a chance when you have those sorts of things on your resume.
0: Yeah, so there's always that debate right now is, is masters the right approach? Because some people they, they get their MBAs, but they don't get the return that they're looking for. Yeah. And then some say that the MBA did help them out, or another master program helped them out. So, what, what is your advice for someone that feels stuck in their career? They have their bachelor's. They don't know if they should go back to school or they should maybe try a different company. Maybe they'll advance better that way. Or what's your thoughts on all that?
1: I am kind of a proponent of job hopping when you you're fundamentally unhappy and when your needs are not being met. And so if you find yourself in that position in your job, I would 100% encourage you before deciding, you know, I'm going to go do a master's program or go get my MBA before doing that, I would a sort of do a self-assessment of why am I unhappy? Is it actually factors in the job or do I personally need to work on things? You know, a lot of the times it is just a miserable job or they're not treating you well, or, you know, they are just personalities that don't mix with yours, but also sometimes, you know, you're just unhappy in your life and you're stuck in your life and you need to do personal work. And if sort of looking at this, you're not able to get where you want to be, then, you know, I think it's a valid option and a valid choice. I, again, you know, come from a privileged background and my grandmother passed away shortly before I decided to Get my master's degree. She essentially left me enough money to pay for that master's degree without having to take loans. So I can't say that wasn't a huge factor in my decision because my degree was covered. I don't have to pay student loans to this day. And I don't know if 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 that hadn't happened and I had decided to take out fifty thousand dollars in loans, I don't know that I would you know be able to advocate people to go to you know graduate school in that way because you know, that's a huge consideration is are you paying 500 or $800 a month for the next 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years? That's a, it's a really big consideration too. And it's a valid thing to weigh against the benefits.
0: Did you take time off when you were doing your master's or masters, or did you juggle both? And if you did juggle both, how did you balance your life from work and education?
1: So I work and education were my life for a very long time. So I went, I I finished my bachelor's degree in December 2015. I started my master's degree the following May. And actually, I I didn't mention this to you even before I graduated with my master's degree. I was graduating December 2017. And that fall, I simultaneously started a doctorate program, I started a, a doctorate of like organizational psychology. And so for that term, 2017, fall 2017, I was finishing two classes for my master's program, ready to graduate in a few months. I was taking a full-time doctorate in organizational psychology load. That was like 12 credits. And also I was working full-time. And so you just prioritize the things that are important to you. And at that time in my life, those were the things that were important to me. So, you know, I would wake up at 6 a.m. I would put in eight hours of work. I would run to the gym really fast. I would do my homework and then I would have evening classes. And then you go to bed and, you know, wake up the next morning to do it all over again. But you have to be prepared to do that. If you have family, you have to take care of, you know, those are other commitments that you have to factor in. And at that time, I, you know, didn't have family commitments, I didn't have those sorts of things that also have to be prioritized.
0: With that being said, did you ever experience burnout in any point uh, during that journey?
1: Yes, I, you know, (laughs) I ran on the fumes of burnout, I think probably for a you know, from 2017 until 2020, probably. And, you know, I just felt bad all the time. I still did all of the things I needed to do. I didn't necessarily do them as well as I could have. But I just, you know, didn't feel good. I felt stressed and anxious all of the time. And then actually just last year, I sort of said goodbye to trying to be an overachiever and trying to stack accomplishments and get as many degrees as I can and make as much money as I can. Um, And I quit the corporate job that I was working and took a step back. And the goal in that was to have more time for myself. And so, you know, I, I quit my job and just did a little bit of freelance work. And that's actually how I stumbled into what I'm doing currently, which is running my own company. And, you know, that, that, wasn't really on purpose, because my goal was to work way, way, way less. But then, you know, your brain, your brain is still going. And I had the chance to sort of rest and recover. And my brain could have the space it needed to process everything. And then I, you know, started the business that I'm currently running. About a month after I quit my job is when I, you know, slowly started working in that direction.
0: You said you were doing your doctorate. Are are you still working on it or is it finished or where are you at with that?
1: I dropped out of that too. So I have dropped out of almost every level of education. The only level I have not dropped out of is the master's level because I finished that in one try, but I dropped out of community college. I dropped out of university. Then I dropped out of doctoral level studies. Um, And that was not a great situation. It was because the university lost their accreditation and they you know, really hurt all of their students in the process. So that was, you know, its its own messy bit. I have since applied to like different PhD programs and I have not been accepted. And in the future, I might go back and try to get my PhD probably somewhere within the realms of behavioral psychology or organizational psychology.
0: For listeners who don't understand, what does losing your accreditation at the school mean?
1: So accreditation boards, you know, give give out certifications basically to universities to say you meet certain standards of quality and so like instructional quality, leadership, you know, the university has to have their finances in order and, you know, this university didn't have those things. Then, you know, when you graduate, big companies, you're you're trying to apply for Facebook, they're going to look at what university gave you your degree. And, you know, most companies don't accept degrees from non-accredited universities. So basically, if you get a degree from a non-accredited university, some companies will treat it as if you have no degree at all. And that degree is worthless.
0: So you taken steps back, but it helped you revitalize what you want and you end up taking two steps forward. So what advice can you provide for people who... not happy where they are but they're so close to finishing whether they're finishing their bachelors whether they're they think that they're really close to getting that promotion what's your thoughts on like maybe it's good to just take a step back reevaluate and then move forward what's your advice on that
1: yeah i think really digging deep into what your priorities are and why you know why do you need that promotion why do you want this degree and a lot of times that's where your your internal motivation comes from is that, you know, deeply I care about getting this degree. It will help me provide a better life for my family. You know, whatever your personal reasons are, going back to those and looking at them and writing them down, journaling why it's important to you, that can help, you know, not necessarily, you know, delete all of the burnout that's going on, but it can give you that motivation to get over the finish line but also it's okay to look at everything and say my priorities have changed and that's why i have burnout is because you know i'm i'm doing this because i want future me to be happy but today me is very very unhappy and it's okay to take care of today me when you need to do that so really self-reflection and reflection of your own situation and weighing you know what your personal opportunities are what your fallback plan is, you know, can you start building a fallback plan in case you need to take time off in six months, those types of things. It's, it's very, very situational, but self reflection, um, you know, writing it down, if that helps you or expressing it in some way, talking to your partner about it, just exploring sort of the whys and what motivates me, that can help you reach your own conclusions to what's best for you.
0: Yeah, the, the common problem, as you're aware, is that people focus too much on future me or yeah. focus on the future path. The thing is, like, you might not hit that future. Something might happen in the yeah. process, but you're focusing so much on the future that you don't take care of your present self.
1: That took me a long time to learn.
0: Go through that learning process with us. What were some of the factors that made you okay, I got to really take care of myself right now. Forget about the future for a bit.
1: Yeah. Part of it was just discomfort because, you know, mentally, emotionally, and, you know, I've talked about, I've had mental health struggles since I was a teenager, a child, basically. Part of it was therapy because I had, you know, access to that resource and that resource was very helpful to me. I went to my therapist basically and said, I want to achieve more. I'm not do, you know, I, I want to figure out how I can be more successful, how I can do more, how I can have even more in my career and that therapist basically turned everything upside down and was like you don't have to only focus on tomorrow you you're allowed to give yourself today you you know you're allowed to have fun you're allowed to have joy you know it doesn't have to compromise everything in the future you don't have to give up your future to take care of you today but you know you're obviously unhappy today and you're going to take those those thoughts and future you when you get that degree or when you get that promotion, if you don't know how to be happy today, you're still going to be miserable when those things happen, when you achieve those things. So really taking care of you today is the only way that, you know, in five years when you get, you know, reach that director level or whatever it is you're trying to achieve, those are only going to make you happy if you've learned how to be happy
0: it goes to the saying i'll be happy when and then like they think happiness is an event but it's a choice you can be happy right now if you want right
1: yeah it's it's something you can work for and give yourself today and that's what's in the long term that's what's going to make you happy throughout your life is not achieving and you know saying i'm going to give myself happiness when i have my degree i will be worthy you know when i get my ged or when i get my bachelor's degree you have to, you know, be accepting of who you are today and nurture them. And yes, celebrate those big wins when you meet, meet big milestones. But, you know, you can't look forward and say, I'm not going to be happy today because I will be happy then. I'm sacrificing all of my happiness for what I will get then. It just doesn't work out that way. So you have to learn how to be happy in order to, in the future, really enjoy those big special moments.
0: So let's go into your current situation. Your last job in corporate was a director, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I was a director of marketing for a pretty a pretty like big household brand of a startup and was miserable there. And that's, that's sort of the big transformation that happened was in the end phase of working in that job. That's when I started seeing that therapist and just realizing that I'm allowed to rest if I need to rest. And so I quit that job with the goal of working five to 10 hours a week Instead, you know, instead of making six figures, I'm going to, you know, take a huge, huge pay cut, but I'm going to do contract work so that I can survive. And I'm going to garden and I'm going to do, you know, home improvement projects. And I'm going to just go to the library, read a book. And so I did that for a month. But, you know, I have always been entrepreneurial minded, I've always had ideas. And so in, in the last couple of years, I've, just had the idea of, you know, I've had more time to cook because I had been commuting three hours a day before COVID happened. And then, you know, offices shut down. So I was no longer commuting three, three hours a day. And instead, I turned to cooking a lot for fun. But I found the recipe experience online so frustrating. You know, you're looking up a chicken recipe, And you get to a food blog and an ad pops up and, you know, the the recipe, you have to scroll for 10 seconds before you get to the recipe. And then, you know, you're cooking and your screen decides to go to sleep and you have to start the whole process over again. So this is just a thought that was in my head. And then, you know, in that time, I had taken a big step back and a big break and had that idea sitting and churning. And sort of formulated a plan of like how can i solve this problem and that's what eventually turned into the company i'm running right now recipe it's a premium ad-free recipe experience and it 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 basically evolved into a startup into a company into a, you know a product that people can use because i had given myself space to think and to solve problems that matter to me and to you know solve problems creatively um, and that's what allowed me basically to eventually step into starting my own company to solve a problem that, you know, me as a human being, as a home cook, this is a problem I have, and now I can solve this problem for other people too.
0: So what made you decide to, instead of taking some time off, going back to corporate, but instead starting this business to solve a food problem? So to speak,
1: I think <laughs> any burned out person who leaves the corporate world is gonna struggle to go back into traditional employment because traditional employment is usually not that fun. And there are exceptions. Some people have jobs that they love, corporate jobs that you know they're very good at and they love. I was not one of those people. I was, you know, working primarily for a paycheck. And so basically for me, as long as I can survive and pay my bills, you know, I, I have shelter over my head, I have enough food to eat. You know, if I can do that without ever going back to corporate life, I will absolutely do that without ever going into corporate life. And so again, you know it, it is rooted in privilege in that I have you know a vast skill set. I have two college degrees. I have eight years of experience in corporate marketing so that I can do contract work. and and basically to get this company started, I continue to do marketing contract work to fund my life because in your first year of entrepreneurship, you're not going to be making any money in most cases. So, you know, I was able to fund fund this, you know, new project by doing just basic contract work to get by and to get those bills paid. Yeah,
0: going back to what you said, like, once you leave corporate, it's hard to go back. Like everybody's been able to work from home because of COVID, right? But now COVID seems to be ending, at least I hope it is, and people have to go back to the office. Some companies want them back like five days a week, some at least want We'll give hybrid, which is more reasonable. Yeah. Uh, But now if you're dreading that long commute and they feel stuck, they don't know what to do. They don't really want to go back, but they don't think there's a lot of other options. So what would be your advice in regards to building work lifestyle that they enjoy?
1: Yeah. I mean, try to explore your options. Like I know we feel stuck. And when you're working full time for a company, and especially if you're commuting on top of that, like it may not feel like you can look for a job because you know, I mean, your time is taken, but also your mental bandwidth is just so fried by commuting long hours, working long hours, but keep keep your options open, look on LinkedIn and see, because, you know, at this point, 80% of jobs can be done online, can be done remotely, and someone will be offering that job remotely. So if, you know, you've you've worked remotely for the last 2 years and that much better suits your lifestyle because you can, you know, be home to take care of your pets or because it helps you juggle childcare or whatever it is, know that, you know, there are people who will hire you and allow you to maintain that flexibility. So I would absolutely say if remote makes you happier, try to find your job remotely. But then there is a new A new and reinvigorated wave of, you know, people working for themselves and starting their own businesses. And for me, maybe that looks like starting, you know, an online recipe company, but for you, it might just mean switching from being a CPA for a firm to running your own business or, you know, being a social media manager for a big brand to being a social media freelancer. There's so many, you know, digital ways that you can use your skills and your services on your own terms. And typically you can charge twice as much when you're going out on your own rather than working for a big company too.
0: What's some advice in regards to like someone who does want to take the leap and start their own business? You say like most companies are not gonna make money the first year. And if someone left their corporate job that's six figures, they might feel a little squeezed and feel yeah. like mental stress. So what's your advice in terms of like sticking the course?
1: Yeah, so if you can, set up reliable income before you leave your job. That's obviously the safest way to go. Like start freelancing if your work contract allows you to before leaving. Obviously, again, you're overlapping your time. And so you're doing a lot in that case. If you have to go find clients for whatever you're working on and then also do your full-time job. But, you know, obviously having a reliable income before you leave a job you know, you, have, you, you can pay the bills at least, even if you're not, you know, making a wild six-figure income. But ultimately, it comes down to patience. So obviously, you know, you have, you have to have your basic needs met, like human, human requirement of, you know, safety, food, shelter, those types of things. When those are met, the next step is just in business, be patient. Be patient with yourself because it's gonna be slow and you're gonna, in your third month of business, you're gonna be saying, why haven't I picked up more traction yet? Why am I not earning more money yet? And it's just, you know, that's that's part of it is you're just learning as you go, you're slowly gaining awareness in the market, you know, lean on the people in your life lean on your mentors you know hopefully you have good relationships with people from other points in your career that you can ask for advice or you know develop a relationship into a mentorship um because patience is the biggest thing especially when you're new to running your own business
0: speaking of patience did you ever say to yourself oh i, I could take some more i'd rather just get my six-figure job back like did you ever ever had that moment? And if you did, how did you push forward regardless? So
1: I I almost quit my business in September just because I had a really bad week personally that sort of threw some things up in the air financially where I was like, it it was a a home situation where I was like, I don't know if I feel safe here because of things going on in the neighborhood. Am I going to have to move? Am I going to have to pay my mortgage, but then rent, you know, rent an apartment, somewhere else so that I can live somewhere where I feel safe. And so that that was sort of a make or break point where I looked at jobs on LinkedIn like how do I get my six figure job back so that I can feel that that financial security? And so for me it was heavily a matter of relying on, you know, the people that I trust. You know, I'm I'm married so relying on my husband I have an amazing business partner slash, you know, business. he was basically my, one of my first bosses in, you know, regular day job. And he's now joining me as a partner in this new company, but he is a huge mentor to me. And so have having those people in your life where you can talk about personal issues and professional issues is a huge help because a lot of times you want to keep those things separate. You know, you don't want to be spilling your personal life all over your coworkers or your boss or whatever it is. But having a few key people in your life that you can share the whole context to is really, really helpful because it can help you more objectively reflect on what's going on, which for me was, you know, I am financially safe. I can I can make it work financially. If I have to move, that will suck. I'll take a financial hit, but I can still do it. And just being able to step back and object, objectively assess things, having people in my network I could lean on really allowed me to do that.
0: Do you think from your journey so far that the biggest thing that contributes to your success is the relationships you've built, not more so than the skills you've developed?
1: Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I've been very fortunate and privileged to meet amazing people at the right time. Um, this person who became my business partner, I found him on Craigslist too. He posted a job on Craigslist that I, you know, I emailed to, we were living halfway across the country from one another. he was looking for a marketing person and without meeting me in person. And, you know, we, we talked a few times and I showed him the value that I can bring to him. I gave lots of ideas of what I thought he could improve on. He gave me a chance. And from the first day, from, you know, the first call we had from a Craigslist ad, he treated me as if, you know, this is what our future would look like no matter what. He put that trust in me, like, you will be successful and you're going to do things that are so cool that later on down the road, I'm going to want to join you in your company in your business. And so having that type of person and that type of mentor, having people who believe in you unconditionally. That has been huge for me. So I've been very fortunate to be able to connect with those people. But at the same time, I am deliberate in trying to build those types of relationships, too. And so now, you know, maybe I I don't need anything from anyone except for the people I already rely on right now. So at this point, you know, I'm connecting with other people and I'm saying, how can I be a resource to you? What value can I add to you? You know, what do you need help with that I can be supportive for? And so I try to, you know, build these relationships for myself where I add value to other people. And I know in the future, they in turn will add value back for me when I need it.
0: So throughout your journey, it's always been a very unconventional route. You didn't do the standard, graduate from high school, get a bachelor's. Yep get a job, go back, get an MBA or a master's. Yeah. You, you took, uh, many different Detour. directions, <laughs> Yeah, many detours. So the end of our conversation, what's the main lesson that you want to give for someone that is currently on a path that's not traditional and they are looking to get to the next level in both their professional and personal life.
1: Yeah, I think just, you know, knowing that there are options and having faith in non-conventional roots is really important because the messages that we hear are you have to graduate from high school, you have to have a good job, you have to go get your bachelor's degree. And there are so many other paths. And so when you hear those voices, or if it's your own voice in your head that's saying, you know, you're never going to get that promotion because you don't have your bachelor's degree, or, you know, you're never going to get a, a industry job because you don't have your high school diploma. Ignore those voices and do the research of like, what are my options? And so, you know, if you dropped out of high school, now you know you can go to community college. And the second you enter community college on your next job application, you no longer have to check the, you know, didn't graduate from high school button. Now you can check the some college button. Um, so, you know, ha- have confidence that you can progress in your career, even if you haven't had the most traditional background so far.
0: Great. And as you are aware, my podcast is about helping career professionals overcome career challenges. So what has been one big career challenge that you've experienced in your journey? And what did you do to overcome it?
1: For me, a big obstacle has been, you know, myself and my mental health. And I think especially nowadays with COVID, with you know, people having worked in isolated situations for a long time, people are pretty much across the board, people are struggling with mental health, with burnout, with depression. And so for me, it was key for my career to address, you know, the personal stuff. And initially, when I was, you know, back in college, and actually, when I dropped out of college, the way I did that was I used the university mental health services. You know, if you have health insurance, if you have access. Counseling is a great option if you are feeling stressed, if you're feeling burnout, if you're feeling confusion around what you should be doing, that can help you, you know, even though you're addressing the personal issues, that can help you break through and do better in your career too.
0: Great. Again, I really appreciate the conversation, Annie, and providing career advice for my listeners. So how can people contact you to reach out to you to learn more about your career story and your company as well?
1: yeah if you're interested in you know learning more about the business i'm running which is a premium ad free recipe network our website is recipe.com that's r-e-c-i-p-l-e.com and we'll leave it in the show notes for you but if you're interested in talking to me if maybe you know you didn't have a traditional you know, educational background, or you just you have questions, you have questions about community college, you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn, too. I'm always happy to chat back and forth. So yeah, go ahead and and connect with me, reach out to me. LinkedIn is the best place to reach me.
0: All right, thanks again uh, for the time, Annie.
1: Yeah, thanks so much.
0: Thank you again to Annie for sharing her story on how she took the non-traditional path to achieve success and get to where she is today. So if you are a job seeker or a professional that's looking to make a career move into a new industry or a new role, don't be small-minded and pigeonhole yourself because you don't have what people would call traditional experience to get to where you wanna go. There are always multiple ways to get to your destination. So even though you might not have traditional experience to get to your dream role in tech, This is where you have to be creative and problem-solve to get that dream job. As the saying goes in poker, it's not what cards you are dealt, it's how you play them. If you want to hear my own insights and commentary based on key topics discussed in this episode, then make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. As a reminder, if you are a professional that's looking to take your career to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside this group, I post daily content to provide guidance to you on the job search and provide you strategies to help you advance in your career. Again, I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. This is Chan with a Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.